When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Welcome to Inspiring Stories for Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Hello, my name is Tim McMillan. Welcome to another episode of Inspiring Stories brought to you by Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Uh, Plenty of big moments have happened uh, in my guest's uh, life in recent months. Uh, She was part of the Australian women's netball team that won Australia's 1,000th gold medal at the recent Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. She was at the very heart of the Diamonds' defence, keeping that dangerous Jamaican attack at bay in the gold medal match. She was also the captain of the West Coast Fever side that won its maiden super netball title earlier this year. At one point in her life, though, the idea of playing netball was a pretty daunting concept. She was a gifted athlete uh, as a youngster, but also incredibly shy, and so gravitated towards solo sports instead, especially athletics. But her mum and dad uh, pushed her to join a team, uh, and the rest, they say, is history. Courtney Bruce, welcome to Inspiring Stories. Thanks for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure. You've had a massive few months, it's fair to say, hasn't it? Yeah. It's been it's been an epic few months. I just mentioned the, you know, the West Coast Fever winning their maiden title and then winning a gold medal in Birmingham. Have you come down off the buzz yet? No, I feel like I maybe even haven't celebrated them properly yet. Really? Yeah, we obviously <laughs> won the Fever final and then um, we were in pretty strict protocols because we had to heading to um, Aussie Diamonds camp and then on to Birmingham. So kind of, yeah, put the fever, fever medal in a box and let it be and then, yeah, straight on to the Diamonds. And I suppose they were so back-to-back, weren't they? Yeah, and, and I yeah. hadn't had COVID, so I was definitely in that little bubble of trying to protect me to make sure that we got in. Um, and yeah. yeah, so haven't really celebrated the Fever one yet. <laughs> Well, you have to do that then. Are um, you going to or have you missed the chance there? <laughs> I'm sure I can get all the girls up and about for another celebration. Um, yeah. yeah, they'll be they'll be down. Yeah, absolutely. So you haven't had COVID. That seems remarkable given the, um, you know, clustered environments that you would have found yourself in yeah. throughout this year especially. Yeah, I've been very lucky um, in the fever environment. They've been very good at kind of separating yeah. us all and then, yeah, just trying to avoid it as much in Birmingham as possible. Yeah, I was so lucky. But, I mean, to some extent though, you you still have to be around people. What's your secret? Oh, mask wearing all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Staying in my room. No, yeah. um, it was pretty controlled while we were in Birmingham. Um, and then, yeah, we lived quite a sheltered, bubbled life here in Perth during the year for the season. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll talk about those um, those two wins uh, in some detail over the course of the next hour or so. But let's go right back to your early days. You're a Gosnells girl. Yep. <laughs> um, and as I mentioned, you were really, really shy as a kid. Do, I mean, do you remember um, being of that mindset as a kid and just thinking, oh, no, I don't want to be in a 
team sport. It's just, it's, it's not for me. Yeah, I do remember. I have two younger sisters and they're quite, the twins and they're, they're twins, quite out right? there. Yeah. yeah. So I think they feed off each other quite a bit, but um, yeah, I just always remember being yeah the one kind of sitting back and just kind of observing everything. I'm definitely more of an introvert in general. So I think that kind of ties into that shyness, but yeah, spent a lot of time just, yeah, observing my sisters. Yeah. Even though they, they're younger <laughs> than me. Um, and I know mum and dad took me to a speech pathologist when I was younger because I refused to speak when the girls were born. Might have been a little bit of jealousy, but I think that all, yeah, tied into one and then, yeah, ended up being quite a, yeah, shy, introverted kid. So yeah. um, watching mum play, yeah, social netball, watching my sisters play social netball just wasn't something that, yeah, appealed to me at all. What was it like growing up with twin sisters? Did they gang up on you? 100% they ganged <laughs> up on me. Um, I think life might have been pretty tough for them at times, but yeah, no, there was a definitely a lot of like, oh, one hit me and the other one would back her in, which was never the case. Um, but I think, yeah, mum and dad said I was very jealous of them and they were... Yeah, when they were born, but well, it's a it's a it's a big shift in a kid's life, isn't it? When exactly. a younger sibling comes along, let alone two of them mm-hmm. at the same time, and only sixteen months apart. So poor oh, mum really? and dad, yeah, very right. close. <laughs> Where do you get your height from? Uh, dad's six foot, so I'm six two. So, so you passed him? Yeah, I passed dad when I was like. 15? I mean, six foot, you know, tallish. Yeah, not, he's tall. Not giant. Yeah, I uh, passed him. Yeah, when I was fourteen, which I think yeah. made him a little bit. What were they feeding you? I don't know, because my sisters are tiny. And so are they? Mom. Well, they're not tiny. They're probably like average height. They're just tiny in comparison to to me. So, what about in generations before though? Um, both just dad's, a massive anomaly. Yeah, both dad's grandparents. My grandma's quite tall, and yeah. his dad was tall. But yeah, I don't know what what happened. I just I got all the height. Thank gosh. Six two, and did you reach that at a fairly Young age? Yeah, probably when I was 17, like yeah. 17, 18, I really, yeah, was my top, like, yeah, really hit that 6'2". Because, you, you know, you hear of um, whole families where they're they're just a family of giants. And yeah. It's kind of, it, it's normal yeah. in the family. But Not if you've got all family. these little people around, they must have just been I look watching so you lanky. just going, what's going on yeah, here? Yeah, I look very lanky in all our family photos. Um, yeah. I don't look, like, you kind of could think that the three of us are triplets and then I'm just two heads taller than the girls in every single photo. So I don't know where it came from, but I'm just going to say thank you, Dad. Yeah, absolutely. Um, given your height then, probably not a huge shock um, of the solo sports that really appeal to you, uh, high jump Yep. Was your, was your passion. How good were you? I was all right. I went to a few nationals. Um, I think, like you said, nice and tall, so found it quite easy to get over the bar um, and quite athletic as a kid. Um, so, yeah, I went to a few nationals, um, but, yeah, kind of worked it out that it wasn't necessarily, yeah, the thing that I wanted to pursue. Mm. You, you were quite a sporting family, though, from what I can gather. Am I correct Yeah. in reading that your dad was even an international hockey umpire? Yes. Yeah. He doesn't tell us much, but yeah, mum's mum says he's, yeah, he, um, inter, yeah, umpired international hockey and then mum still to this day plays softball, um, right. and played social netball. So definitely a very, very sporting family. Yeah. When did you first start playing netball? I definitely started playing when I was about six. We played at our local rec center. Um, we played for a team called High Five based off the TV show. But <laughs> every time I say that to younger kids this day, these oh, days, no. they've got no clue. No, I, I, I know the reference. Great, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, but yeah, about when I was six um, and just playing with mum's friends, yeah. daughters. Yeah. yeah. But then the idea of playing competitive netball, given your shyness, it just didn't appeal to you. No, not at all. Um, yeah. yeah, it wasn't until I was a bit older and mum and dad were like, Time mm. to pull your finger out. Let's get into some team sports again. Yeah, so they, they, as I understand it, thought that this was an opportunity to bring you out of your shell. Yeah, 100%. I had some really good um, friends at primary school that played a lot of netball, um, and mum and dad thought going into high school would be a really good idea to 
to get down to Saturday netball. My sisters were already playing, so they had a team and a club. Um, and yeah, I could go join that club and hopefully, mm. yeah, make me a bit more confident going into year eight. Yeah. And it obviously has. You don't seem kind of shy and reserved now. Um, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, it's obviously worked, right? Yeah, Getting definitely. Getting you into that, you, you found your feet. Yeah, uh, definitely. In time. Definitely. I think, um, yeah, it was probably the best move that they could have made. Um, I really enjoyed athletics and being in a solo sport, but um, once I started working back in a team environment, I definitely realised that I'm so much more um, influenced and pushed by my teammates, and um, yeah, definitely want to get success as a whole rather than an individual. So when you really started to get into netball, did you think, oh, I've got to give the the high jump away? Um, you know, I don't want to injure myself or it's a solo sport and that doesn't appeal to me now because I'm pretty into the team dynamic instead. Yeah, or did you do them both at the same time for a while? I did a, um, did them together for a while um, and then I got into the WA Institute of Sport and um, I was actually jumping with Kaylee Stanton at the same time and Kay also went to WACE for netball and, um, yeah, Michelle Wilkins and WACE kind of asked us to to pick between the two sports Um Kay stayed in it a bit longer and then I, yeah, ended up picking netball um, yeah. and, yeah, had the support of Netball WA. Was um, that a hard choice? It wasn't um, by that point. I think um, I was enjoying my netball a lot more. I was re- finding it really hard to balance the two sports and going to school. I bet. Um, and putting a lot of pressure on mum and dad. I'm a December baby, so no driver's licence till quite <laughs> late, late yeah, in the right. year. Um, so, yeah, definitely found the, yeah, the shift to go to netball a lot easier. Yeah. You would have seen how good the high jumpers are. Uh, at the recent Com Games, and I'm sure at other events you've been to, um, do, did you sort of glance over at the competition and think, I'd like to be there? Or <laughs> did you think, I made a really good call? I think I made a really good choice. Um, I definitely enjoyed watching the the girls jump, but um, yeah, very happy playing playing netball and sticking yeah, sticking to netball. Yeah, very good. Um, towards the end of school, obviously you, you, you're you part of the waste set up. You've got this uh, career path ahead as a, as a netballer mm-hmm. if you wanted to, to pursue that. Um, at what point did you decide, you know, yeah, I'm going to try to take this, you know, to the, the highest level possible? Oh, I, I don't know when it really kicked in for me. I think I was signed at Fever when I was 16. I was such a baby, off an injury, so got an opportunity. Um, and at that point, probably I was really excited, knew enough about Fever, but probably wasn't overly, like, ready to be in that environment. And it wasn't until I think I went to the AIS in 2012 um, that I realised, oh, this is like elite netball, elite netball behaviours, this is what it feels like to be in the sport. And that's yeah. kind of the moment I realised I want to go home and play for fever. Was, was it a big um, learning experience, I suppose, seeing what was required to be elite? Oh, it was huge. And I was the only WA girl that went over. So I think right. um, just being by myself and kind of having to feel that out. Um, we had Julie Fitzgerald and Anita Keelan. So Julie coaches the Giants. Um, so having those guys, um, who've been around Apple forever, kind of teaching us the way and really supporting us. Um, we're all 18, 19, mm. so really young, uh, first time living out of home, but it kind of forced you to, to learn a lot, um, very quickly. Just before we go to a break, you know, we've had some fantastic netballers, um, come out of Australia. Um, who did you have a poster of on your wall? Who was your hero? I really looked up to Susan Furman and Liz Ellis, um, yeah. two really tall, dominant goalkeepers. Yeah. Liz Ellis has got to be uh, a lot of netballers, you know, hero of choice, if I can put it that way. A hundred percent. She was What did you admire about her? Um, I think things that I have in my own game, just her tenacity. Um, She she never said never. She just kept fighting. Um, And yeah, I just, yeah, I love the way that she went about winning ball. Yeah. Does that tenacity, can we trace that back to having 
twins as younger sisters. <laughs> competitive, yeah, 100%. Most competitive family ever, yeah. <laughs> definitely. All right, we need to take a break. After that, uh, we'll get into more of your uh, incredible career, including, as I mentioned, a Commonwealth Games gold medal uh, and uh, as captain taking West Coast Fever to their maiden Super Netball title just in the last few months alone. Courtney Bruce is our special guest on Inspiring Stories, back with more of her story after this. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Barra O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Barra O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. There you go, the magic moment that uh, the West Coast Fever claimed the Super Netball title uh, for 2022. Uh, and the captain is our guest in this episode of Inspiring Stories, Courtney Bruce. Courtney, you mentioned that you really didn't have much time to, to celebrate <laughs> and take it all in. When you hear that, um, what does it do to you? I don't know. I have shivers. It was really? really cool. Yeah. I haven't watched the game back either. So really? that's the first thing I've heard of yeah, anyone calling the game. So Is that right? Yeah. It's pretty special. Wow. You haven't watched any of it? Not even highlights? Not even news coverage? Um, I've watched like little snippets, but nothing, like haven't sat down and watched yeah. the full game yet. Does it make you want to sit down and watch it from start to finish? Oh, a little bit, but I think <laughs> I also just like the... The yeah. version that I have in my head, yeah. <laughs> well, it's a winning version anyway. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, incredible victory. Um, the girls in the team, you must have a pretty incredible bond with them after uh, achieving that. Yeah, we really do. Um, we're such a – I think this group's been on a bit of a journey. Um, yeah. We've got some young girls in. We've got a few of us older girls. But, yeah, been on a journey together to, to kind of understand each other a bit better. And this year, yeah, it was really special because I think we'd, yeah, really – connected and really made sure that, yeah, we were building those connections off the court because other things that were going to serve us on the court. Yeah. It's been a pretty wild ride for netball, mm -hmm. hasn't it? Um, trying to cement that professional league and all of the commercial arrangements that go around it and trying to make it viable and sustainable and, and stay at that elite level. Uh, do you uh, get distracted by that or are you kind of, are you fully aware of it? Um, and do you have to kind of go with the roller coaster ride of it all? Yeah, it definitely feels like it's been a bit of a roller coaster the last couple of years and even into this year with, you know, offers here and there. Um, I'm on the Players Association, so I feel like I ride the roller coaster. So you fully. are involved. Yeah, yeah. I am yeah. involved. Um, Sasha's our, our board member here and I'm the delegate. So Sasha um, handles a lot of the a lot of the meetings and that. But, um, yeah, I think we've definitely been on a journey as a league and um, hopefully after this year our CPA is up, we'll, we'll be able to build a really good one for the next couple of years. Yeah. Let's go back to your early days then, um, joining the West Coast Fever. Mm -hmm. You're still a teenager. Yeah. Um, you've, you've, you're getting towards the end of school age. Um, when you've got that sort of fork in the road that, you d that, that everyone pretty much does when they finish school, mm -hmm. um, netball down one, what was your other sort of fork there that you could have pursued? You know, uh, say for instance, you suffered a, <laughs> a horrific injury and you couldn't mm -hmm. play netball anymore. What was your, what was your other, other backup plan? Yeah, I was um, planning on going to uni, did go to uni. Um, netball was really good at putting it, like letting us know that at that point, didn't, we didn't earn enough money. So we had to have 
another career and that was something they really drove in underage national Aussie camps. So to have another another option. Um, so yeah, uni was on my horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I think every sporty kid does when they initially finish year 12, I just went into sports science um, and did a year of that and didn't really enjoy it. Um, With a view to doing what, or they just seemed like the best fit just, at the time. Yeah, you seemed really like the, yeah, yeah, best fit. I think um, didn't really know what I wanted to do post-school at that point. Um, but yeah, had the opportunity to go to uni. So I thought that was the mm. the best option um, and love sports. So I was like, perfect, sports yeah. science will, will be it. It seems obvious. Yeah. Um, psychology uh, then became your, your focus. Why why psych? Uh, I think I I really enjoy actually our team psych. So Jody um, McGuire-Jodes really, I think, like lit something in me that I thoroughly enjoyed. Um and I was also doing a lot of work with youth focus. Um, I was like suffering some anxiety myself. Um, and I think I, I'm such a helper. So I thought I really want to be able to help people out. And I guess if I could um, help someone that's experienced something, especially younger athletes, um, what they've got, what I've gone through, my story could help them too. So that was kind of my thought process of going down psych, love the way that, why we think and why we do things. Um, and that was, yeah, kind of that driver. Yeah. And how's the uh, how's the study going now? Or should I not ask? <laughs> it's going well. I'm doing um doing two units this semester has been been a little bit tougher um with the com games and and the FIFA Premiership and having a little bit of a holiday, um but I'm looking a bit more at the HR kind of side of things. Um, really enjoy psych, just not a stats gal. Um, don't want to put myself through the stress of trying to do that in my third final year. So a lot of my HR units and psych units will cross over. So yeah, looking at um, yeah, working with kind of grad students and um, in that HR space just to try and make a bit of a difference. See, most people when they hear HR just go, oh, I, I don't want to be in the same room as anyone from HR. It's fair. Because so it's never I. good. <laughs> yep. That was my first response. So, um, we have a really cool HR younger lady at um, West Coast Fever at Nepal WA and Kate's pretty cool. And I was like, oh, this is not what yeah. HR is all about. Okay, yeah. it's not too bad. Obviously, it's taken, you know, a lot of time, energy, investment on, on every level you to get to, to where you are. But through those years, you know, as an 18, 19, 20 year old, and you've, you know, you're doing as much study as you can, but also trying to pursue your sporting dream as well. Um, I mean, how do you manage that, the time and the expectations that go with it? Um, knowing that, it, you know, you, you might have to wait your chance, especially given the, the pedigree of the, of the players in the diamond squad, um, just keeping the focus and keeping the balance in your life. How did you do that? Yeah, probably not very well when I was 18, 19, 20. Um, I was injured a lot as a younger player. I think I was just doing a lot as a yeah, 18, 19 year old. So I spent a lot of the time on the sidelines, which was tough. Um, and probably, yeah, didn't have a good balance. Um, still living at home, which is mum and dad, yeah, about 45 minutes. So that was a bit of a trek. So I think, yeah, my balance wasn't necessarily good. And then it wasn't until I moved to the AIS that yeah, I learned a bit more about, yeah, that high performance lifestyle and what it, what yeah. it took to be. And um kind of working out that I don't have to fit a box. I can be Courtney Bruce, whoever she wants to be, and that's the best version of myself. So um, trying not to do what everyone else had done and forge my own path was the thing that probably helped me balance my life out the most. Yeah. Uh, Tell us about um, getting your chance then uh, in the Diamonds, Mm -hmm. uh, particularly playing playing a test, because I know that's the true... Debut, isn't it, yeah. in the national team? I mean, you can you you were in the the, the, the fast five format, yeah, yeah. Um, prior to that, but your test debut, 
Um, what's that like, getting the call up and then walking out onto the court? Oh, it was so special. I remember getting my call to be told I was in the squad and I was doing a Shooting Stars trip. So we were up in the far north Kimberley and you were going to have reception just out of Kununurra and Lisa called and let me know that I was in and I was I was so shocked. I knew it had, had a good year, but I wasn't expecting to necessarily be named. And then... I got my chance of Shani Layden pulling out um, for her own mental health issues, um, which Shani was someone that I really looked up to. So I was kind of excited to have a series with her and learn off her. Um, but except, yeah, it was thrown in the deep end. Um, I remember sitting in the team room. We named the 12 before we go to the court. So I was sitting in the team room for the first team meeting. And Lisa, there was two of us, Em and myself, were both going to debut if we were going to start. And she goes, so on debut, Courtney, and I just remember being like, oh gosh, like, no, I am not, I'm <laughs> not ready for this. Um, not ready to step out there. And then we had an hour drive out to the courts and I just had to put music on because I felt so physically sick. So you're the still whole up ride. in the remote. Oh, we're back in Brisbane then. You're back Sorry. In Brisbane. Yeah. Right. Back okay. in Brisbane, but I had a long drive and yeah, was so nervous about, yeah, yeah. having to take the court. Um, a new mum had flown over for the game, yep. but like couldn't even text her to tell her that I was starting. I was too nervous. Um, and I don't remember the game at all. I remember coming out for the national anthem and it was really lucky I had Seabass as captain. So I had Caitlin next to me to sing the national anthem, which was really special. Obviously growing up, playing netball together from the same region. Um, nice to have a familiar face next to me and then don't remember anything of the game. Really? Don't remember. How did you go? We won and I was MVP and I don't remember it. Is that thing. right? Yeah, I can't. I yeah. Have you? I mean, have you tried to remember? It's it's just not there. Um, it's like it's just it's, didn't register with you. Yeah, I just I know we played England um, and it was <laughs> uh, yeah an absolute blur. I think I just would have had so much adrenaline going through me. Have you watched it back? No, I also haven't watched that back. <laughs> um, when you when you you called up to make your your debut, is there a little kind of ceremonial, you know, handing you the bib type? occasion that goes with it, like we see, you know, with the baggy green and the cricket. Yeah. So do you guys have your own traditions there? Yeah, we do. So your first tour, so my first tour was in January to um, South Africa and um, Shani presented my dress to me. So yeah, your first tour, you get your dress presented to you. Um, and then, yeah, I didn't actually get to debut till yeah, about August. Yeah. Later in the year. That's amazing. I'm stunned that you don't remember. I'm so nervous. Any of it. <laughs> Very yeah. nervous. When you, when you first got that call though, you know, when you're up near, near Kununurra, um, limited phone reception mm -hmm. up there. I mean, who's the first person you call? I called mum and dad. Um, yeah. yeah, they were super, super stoked for me. Um, yeah. yeah, very yeah. special moment. Um, and that, yeah, two of my best friends um, yeah. that were yeah, over the moon. Um, when you made your debut then at, at 23 in the test team, I'm imagining, you know, despite not remembering <laughs> it, um, once you're in there, you'd be fiercely determined to, to hold on to your place. Uh, in the side. Mm -hmm. um, how does that change all the other things in your life? Do you have to lift your training, you know, be extra diligent with your diet and injury prevention? Does, like, does, does it change your life? Um, I think like our SSN clubs are pretty good at looking after us at a at like a reasonably high level. So I don't think much changes between SSN and, and Diamonds. Um, there's probably a lot more care around you, a lot more physio calls, a lot more doctor calls. Um, and a more, yeah, just more manage, management of my body more than anything. Um, like I said, I was quite an injured kid, so they <laughs> really tried to look after me. Um, but yeah, just more my having to manage the expectations. And I think that was the biggest thing for me is that I made my debut, then I played pretty good netball for that series. And then after that, um, 
had a relatively average series. So the expectations of yep. wanting to hold your spot in the team, which is a really hard one, and then wanting to perform, um, you know, 23 at my first kind of few test matches, a um, bit of a mental game more than a physical game. Yeah. And can I ask, is 23 pretty young uh, to be in the Australian team? To be playing consistently, yeah. yeah. Most of us probably debuted around 23, 24, and then you probably didn't get consistent time to 26. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, Courtney, we need to take another break. But after that, more of your uh, incredible international career, and we'll we'll talk more about uh, the Commonwealth Games, uh, which follow on the disappointment of losing uh, in the gold medal match uh, on the Gold Coast. We'll gloss over that. Great, we'll, we'll great. Fi- thank we'll you. finish with the with the the, the better, the happier bit. Don't you worry. Uh, this is Inspiring Stories. Courtney Bruce uh, is our special guest. Back with more right after this. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Barra O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Barra O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. The Australian Diamonds have been impressive. And they'll count down the last seven seconds here. Buet has been superb. It's all about the Diamonds as they take the 1,000th gold medal for Australia at the Games. It is gold for the Diamonds. There you go. That takes you back to uh, not too long ago, the Commonwealth Games uh, in Birmingham, uh, as the commentator mentioned there, uh, the 1,000th gold medal for Australia uh, in the Commonwealth Games. Uh, It was won by our Australian women's netball team, the Diamonds. And at the heart of the defence, our guest in this episode of Inspiring Stories, Courtney Bruce. Courtney, um, goosebumps when you're hearing the fever clip. What about that clip? That one probably makes me a bit more emotional, I think. Really? Yeah, there's such a, a long build-up yeah. from 2018 to, to now. So, yeah, really special. And to do it with such a special group and Stacey Marinkovich there too, that one just makes me, yeah, yeah. gets Ana- me in the feels. Another hero, another mentor. A hundred percent, yeah. Phenomenal woman. Um, a formidable Jamaican attack. You won that uh, that match 55 to 51, but it was it was tight, wasn't it? I mean, they are a, a, a tough team to beat, aren't they, Jamaica? And you have a personal connection, I suppose, to, you know, the the, the, the formidable attack in, in Janelle Fowler from Jamaica. Um, tell us what you remember of that match. Yeah, um, I remember, obviously, Jamaica having a, a better game against us in the round, so knowing that we had to come in really, really strong and, and try and um, hit Janelle and get Janelle off her game a bit, a bit earlier. Um, but kind of went, I felt like we went goal for bowl kind of in the first quarter. And then um, I remember Jay starting to get a bit more on top of me. And I was like, oh, gosh, here we go. Um, and then, yes, yeah, Stace made that switch to put me out to goal defence and bring Sarah on into goalkeeper. And I think, yeah, it was a really smart decision. Um, the extra height of both of us. Um, I think when you play against, you know, someone so well, I think Janelle knew my tricks and I knew Jay's tricks. So we we're kind of cancelling each other yeah. out a bit. But, um, yeah, um, even though we won, Janelle was obviously absolutely on fire in that game still. I think I read, did she... Did she score 46 points or something from 47 shots? She probably did. It's pretty that's... low for Janelle, though. So she could <laughs> Out of have a team total game. of 51, though. <laughs> but that's good for Janelle, yeah. That, that's, <laughs> yeah. That's pretty amazing. Um, what's it been like uh, knowing that you have to face her again, you know, with the West Coast fever? I mean, have you have you spoken since um, that, uh, that day that you uh, had the, the gold medal game? I've only spoken briefly, but... Um, Is she... 
Is she annoyed? No, I think it's like the the, the comparison to us winning, um, coming second in 2018 to them coming second um, this year, like it's just absolute polar opposites. Um, yeah. You know, Jamaica's been good for a couple of years, but not consistent. And then to get that, that outcome, a silver medal, they've never really medaled before. So I think that was huge for them and really exciting for the sport. Um, but no, I haven't really spoken to Jay. We'll see when she's back in Perth. But they're about to go and play another series against New Zealand. Yeah. So would have been prepping hard for that. Are you expecting a few extra elbows in training? <laughs> no, definitely not. When we get to, to Feverland, <laughs> we're back looking after each other. Um, we don't really train on each other that much um, until we're doing match play. So no, it'll be good to have her back though. Yep. Um, what makes you such a good defender, do you think? I mean, you know, a lot of kids, when they get into a team sport environment, you know, what a um, soccer player wants to be the striker, you know, putting the ball in the back of the net or, a, you know, <laughs> a cricketer wants to be the one smashing sixes or, or, or bowling as fast as they can. People don't always go for the defensive roles. Mm-hmm. Um, what made you such a... A good defender, do you think? Well, I actually started as a shooter, as Did I you? think every tall, <laughs> every tall netballer does. Um, and I am a woeful shooter. I'm really? an awkward left hander. Like it's just, it's not fun to watch. I, I <laughs> the coaches and the girls pay me out so much when we play shooting games. Um, so I was quickly moved to the defence end. Um, like how how quickly did you did you try for a long time to like two years. I think right. I, first year I was definitely just a shooter, and that's where they kept me. And then the second year they alternated me between the two. And I was like, oh, this defence thing's pretty fun. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm a waifu shooter, so I'm very happy to be in the defence end. Yeah. And what what is it – I mean, don't be humble, but what, <laughs> what what is it that makes you considered one of the best goalkeepers in the world? Oh, I feel like I'm quite tenacious. I definitely have white line fever when I step over the court, which I always ask our psych whether that can be taught or is something that you've kind of grown up with. Um and then I think I just read the play. Like I think I have a really good understanding of what's going to happen next and can see patterns before they happen. So I think that is what allows me to come out and have a fly and a hunt out there. Yeah. Um, and that's the side of the game that I, yeah, I really like watching the patterns and seeing seeing if they're going to do it again. Yeah. Um, seeing uh, netballers move around the court, mm-hmm. you can see why injuries are a, a <laughs> yeah. thing. Can't you? There's so much sort of sudden stop, start, pivoting, a um, lot of strain on the the knees and ankles. Yeah. How have you fared injury-wise in your professional career? You know, you mentioned that as a as a youngster you were quite injury-prone, but throughout your professional life? Yeah, I've done my ankles quite a few times, yeah. uh, which is quite normal. Um, I've had a snowboarder's fracture, which was the worst. Which I rolled up. Normally you roll on your outside of your ankle, I rolled inside. Right. Um, Ouch. I fractured my elbow. Um, Sasha Glasgow, my teammate, tunneled me, so um, <laughs> she can't live that one down. Um and yeah, just other than that, like knees and that have been fine, broken fingers, but it is, it's the stop so start. you've been busted up a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the stop start. It's really, it is really tough on your body, but yeah, very thankful that my knees and you're stayed what, healthy. 28 now? Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel now? Do you wake up in <laughs> any kind of discomfort or are you still pretty fit and healthy? I'm still pretty good. I've got a bit of a sore plant of fascia at the moment, so that's always worse in the morning. But um, other than having just a an old person's back, as uh, Doc likes to call it. Um, yeah, pretty good. We've got a pretty good, like really good physio that looks after us. So lots of getting hammered in the Pilates room all the time um, and lots of really good gym programs. So yeah, I'm actually feeling probably better now at 28 than I did at 22. Well, that's good because there's another Commonwealth Games coming up in, <laughs> oh, gosh. in four years' time. But can we just backtrack to the uh, the Gold Coast Commonwealth mm-hmm. Games? And look, you know, rightly or wrongly, we, we expect very good things from some of our Australian teams, mm-hmm. particularly our netballers, you, you almost want to pencil it in as a gold medal 
at the Commonwealth Games, even though, you know, the Com Games um, netball competition, you could legitimately say is a collection of pretty much the world's best, right? Definitely. Which you couldn't necessarily say about lots of the other um, different events that are on. But the Commonwealth Games brings the absolute best of the best mm-hmm. to the court. Uh, and yet we, you know, we do expect, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, a gold medal, don't we? Yeah, definitely. Um, from our Australian netball side. Couldn't get it done though in 2018 mm-hmm. in front of the Australian crowd against England. How much did that hurt you at the time? Oh, that really hurt me. I was on the court and I was the one that obstructed with three seconds to go. So uh, it really, it really hurt. I think at that point I thought that um, it was all my fault um, and it wasn't until um, I came back here and everyone was like, well, Game of Netball was won and lost in 59 minutes, not in the last three seconds. There were so many more things that happened throughout the game um, and other opportunities for us to go up. So that one really hurt. Um, and like you said, everyone expects us to win. So I think the, um, yeah, the backlash of not winning um, and how like social media and that can be tough. So Brutal. that side of things is probably the biggest yeah. learning curve and the hardest thing. Yeah. Well, you've mentioned a couple of times that you are not one to go and look over the, the replays of games. Mm-hmm. What about social media? Are you as good at, at filtering that out as well? Do you just not go there or are you, is it too tempting? No, I'm much better now when I was younger for sure. But um, like Instagram is probably the best one. It has so many filters and that, that you can put on now. So like, you can't, if you write a certain word on my post, it won't show up. Um, yep. Same with my messages. Um, yeah, I just filter everything out and then kind of focus on the yeah, the positive things. I don't, they probably hate that I don't this do this, but I don't follow Fever or the Diamonds you or Suncorp. No, because I'm You don't just, even follow your own teams. No, you just see something. <laughs> you see something that you don't want to see. Yeah. Um, so it's just better to stay away from it because everyone has an opinion these yeah. days. But it wasn't that, it wasn't the way um, in years gone by you you were kind of lured into that, yeah, that def- trap of definitely. checking stuff out. Definitely. I think when you're younger, you're also not as sure in yourself. So yep. I think you wanted that sure. reassurance from people when you're younger. So, um, yeah, definitely looked a lot more than um, and us coming second, winning that silver was plastered absolutely yep. everywhere. And that sort of highly emotive, uh, you know, in, the, in that moment, very negative feedback, I imagine, can be quite crippling. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, and I guess considering like no one knows who I am as a person off the court, you're judging me off a, uh, a three second moment. Um, and I think that was the tough bit. I was like off the court, I'm this kind of person and kind and caring and loving. Um, and you're judging me for, yeah, one moment. And that was the really tough bit. Um, but, um, Laura, I remember Laura Gard saying after that game that obviously devastating that we had lost, but in the, in the scheme of things, there's worse things going on in the world. So let's enjoy it and rock the silver medal the best that anyone's ever rocked a silver medal. I do think Jamaica might have rocked a silver medal better than <laughs> us, but um, I think that was just, yeah, yeah. a bit eye-opening. And you're like, yeah, you're actually right. There is more to life than just a game of netball. And did it make the, the gold this year just that bit sweeter? Yeah, it did. And I think that's why we were so emotional after the game, especially the four of us that had been there. Um, I was crying with like two minutes to go and I was so excited because I kind of knew that we were going to do it. Yeah, that's confidence. Two minutes out and you're already crying tears of joy. Yeah, well, I think I looked at the scoreline and I was like, oh, we're really going to have to stuff it up here and they're going to have to really come back. So, yeah, I felt confident. Yeah, very good. Um, we'll need to take another break uh, mm-hmm. Courtney, but uh, after that, more of your story uh, and any other reflections on your uh, amazing wins too. Uh, This is Inspiring Stories. 
Courtney Bruce is our special guest, the captain of the West Coast Fever and member of the victorious Australian women's netball team, the Diamonds, at the recent Commonwealth Games. Back with more in a moment. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Barra O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Barra O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Welcome back to Inspiring Stories. Tim McMillan is my name. My guest is Courtney Bruce, uh, captain of the West Coast Fever uh, and a member of the Australian Diamonds who picked up uh, Australia's 1,000th gold medal at the Commonwealth Games at the recent uh, Games in Birmingham. Um, Courtney, outside of Nepal, what do you do to unwind, just to just to get away from the pressures of, of being a professional netballer? I'm such an introvert, so I really like just grabbing a book and reading. Really? Yeah. What do you like to read? Oh, I I probably get in trouble a lot from my team psych, but I read a lot of like um, habit building books or like really? psych you books. Nerd. I'm a nerd. I'm an absolute nerd. Wow. Um, Jodie often gives them to me, so it's her fault. Okay. Um, or yeah, just getting down to the beach, going for a long walk, um, yeah. putting some music in and just kind of completely switching off. Do you read um, the, you know, books written or, or written on behalf of other, other athletes who talk about their winning habits? At um, all? Is that something you, you do or are, you, are they are they more academic than it's that? It's more, yeah, more really? academic stuff. I don't know. I just find it so, so interesting. Um, so there aren't other athletes that you go, oh, you know, I really like how they go about it. Oh, there probably is. I just haven't picked up any you, of Yeah, you don't books, read their material yeah. necessarily. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So that's what you read. Yeah, I don't mind it. It's pretty good. Jody do you, tells me off. Though. And do you bore your teammates with all of these new techniques and pr- principles that you've picked up? Uh, well, often Jody's like, you read this and then we can together <laughs> take it to the team. So just like be there in my corner to support yeah. me. So that's that's probably more the reason that she gets me to read them. And being the captain, I suppose, you feel an extra sense of obligation to be that person. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like a lot of the girls obviously know that I've been in the pathway for a long a long time. So yeah, can help them out in that sense too. Yeah. How, how big a responsibility is it being the captain? Uh, it probably felt like a lot more when I was my first couple of years in because I thought I had to do everything. Um, and now I feel like I'm a lot better. I have obviously had the support of Jess. So I'm just kind of delegating things a bit and giving her opportunities. Um, but I've definitely found to like learn to find my balance. Like I have wellness Wednesdays where I just turn, turn my phone off, don't engage in the fever chats. It's normally our days off. So yeah. Um, and just step back from the role because then I know I'm a better captain. Um, and, and read one of those books. And read a book or go to the beach, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, in terms of your, your you know, your, the structure of your day and your week, just give us an insight, you know, maybe let's assume we're in the in, in the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is a, what is a day and a, and a week like for you? Yeah, so normally we're in for a court work session in the morning, then often back for a weight session in the Arvo. So Mondays are a lighter day. It's normally a review and recovery in the Arvo. So they give us the morning to sleep in because we'd have traveled or played on the weekend. And then, yeah, Tuesdays, bigger day, court work in the morning, weights, Wednesday off, weights in the morning, Thursday, uh, court work in the Arvo. But we had the boys in, the men in. So really tough session and a lot of match play. And then back for kind of skills, weights on Friday morning, and then we'll travel so it's, it's, it's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, it's relatively yeah. relatively busy. And then you chuck, yeah, physio, Pilates, massage, all of that kind of fun things in there. But it, yeah, it's it's quite a lot for the girls. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, the idea of having a, a job as you were encouraged to pursue, mm-hmm. at least, you know, having that as an option as a youngster, there's there's zero chance of you actually holding down even a, 
a 0.5 load. No, but we have some of our girls that do because the pay really? is still not good enough. Um, the minimum wage is still quite low. So Emma Kosh is still teaching. So she's a teacher at Governor yeah. Sterling. So How does she manage that? Really good school. Help yeah. her out. So um, our schedule doesn't change much once it's kind of locked in. So she can be quite consistent about when she's coming in. And then Sunday works every other hour um, at a or an aged care nursing home. So a lot of the girls are working. Some of them work at our physios clinic, um, just trying to yeah, get it done because, yeah, it doesn't pay enough for yeah. for us yet. Meanwhile, the captain's still cruising through uni. <laughs> I am, I am, I am, literally. Literally trying to get a degree done. <laughs> You'll get there, Courtney. I will, Every hopefully. faith in you. Um, what about after netball? I don't want to put any pressure on you and ask you how many years you've got left. <laughs> Because as you said, you're feeling better than ever. But um, what are your plans after netball? Oh, I always say to our um, head of shooting stars, so our charity partner at Fever, that I'd love Fran's job. So um, head of that role. So just managing the program would be pretty cool. Or, um, yeah, I'm really enjoying that kind of HR leadership side of stuff. So um, whatever that kind of looks like. But I think, yeah, something hopefully still kind of involving sport or um, helping young young girls particularly, like find their path and their, and their place to be. Yeah. Do you still uh, get out and, and see just the, the, the masses of kids who play netball on a, on a weekend around Australia? Cause I know it's still such a popular grassroots sport, you know, courts around the burbs are just full of kids playing netball Yeah, it's on huge. the weekend. Do you, do you miss kind of being a part of that? I do, but I go down quite a bit. It is absolutely huge. Um, I probably don't get back to my region enough um, at Southern yeah. Districts, but I know that, yeah, absolutely goes off on a Saturday, but been down the last couple of um, weekends to watch my friends play in finals um, at Matthews and that vibe down there at the moment. It's absolutely buzzing and it's, it's huge. Yeah. And are you like a, a celebrity when you get there? Do you get mobbed? Um, I often just wear my sunglasses and my hat. Um, but yeah, people recognise who I yeah. am. But yeah, just sit there and cheer my friends on. And being a a fairly um, reserved person, Courtney, mm-hmm. how do you how do you deal with that? Do you like it, or is it something you'd rather not have in your life? Uh, no, it's lovely, especially when the kids come up to you. Um, as much as, you know, I think I'm awkward, they're just as awkward sometimes too, so the interactions might not be that great, but it's really nice to see them. And I think um, obviously after the grand final win and then after the Com Games win, there's so many young girls that just, yeah, come up and say how much they enjoyed watching the games and um, supporting us and, um, yeah, people that have become FIFA, FIFA members of our premiership win. So mm. I think like, like those little interactions are really special. You have got such great support here in in Perth. And, mm-hmm. and as a, as you just said, you know, the suburban netball at a junior level is still massive. Mm-hmm. Despite all that, there is still a level of uncertainty around the viability of the, the super netball comp. And we saw, you know, the, the state government here in WA had to write a check for, I think, three quarters of a million dollars to host the, the last final here. Stroke of genius in the end, because it <laughs> meant it was a home final for the West Coast Fever. And of course you went on to win. Um, does that uncertainty ever sort of play on the minds of players as you go forward? Because if it is something that you are basically full-time committed to, not having that certainty of the competition in the years ahead, is that something that weighs on on you and your teammates? Yeah, it definitely does. And I think um, having that final, having to be purchased by yeah, state government, obviously great for us. We were really happy about it. But um, yeah, it definitely put some doubt in the minds of the players about where the, the league was, was heading and that we must be in some kind of um, financial debt or something. Um, so I think that's been a bit tough because 
we obviously want to see the sport grow and there's a big push from the Players Association and I guess us older players of leaving the sport in a better position and making sure that um, wages increase, um, our hours and what's expected of us is increasing. So our wages should too and we're not necessarily sure where that's going to come from. So, yeah, I think there's definitely some some concern and I think they'll sell the grand final out to another state government this um, for this coming year. So it definitely plays in the back of your mind, but I know that um, head of our Players Association, Association um, Kath Harms-Williams, she played for Australia. She's played before. She she kind of understands the pathway and she's um, – pushing really hard for us players and trying to support us as much in the background. Yeah. When you see, uh, for instance, the AFLW competition and having that behemoth behind it mm-hmm. in the AFL and the, and the sort of money that they can attract, do you kind of glance across at other sports that are really just emerging compared to your very well uh, entrenched netball? Um, do you do you glance across at them and just go, you know, wow, I wish we, wish we had that sort of backing behind us to really take us to where we could be. Yeah, definitely. I think there's probably a little bit of jealousy on, yeah. on our behalf. Um, I think we can all see the the great product that we that we have and yep. just needing to have the right supporter there to to get us over that line. Um, so, yeah, seeing what AFLW is doing. But I also think you look at AFLW and I think they're um, a very inclusive and diverse sport and I sometimes question whether we're doing that same thing in our environment and making sure that, it, yeah, it's a viable sport for everyone to play. Um, and I know there's a big push to get men playing netball too. And we, um, we have the men's side here in WA and they're phenomenal and an Aussie team. So I think as much as we keep pushing that, hopefully, yeah, people want to come on board and get behind the yeah. sport even more. Do you ever play mixed netball? Um, well, we play with the boys all the time. So I'm going to count that as mixed netball and it's sassy and very physical. So <laughs> how do you, I mean, cause obviously, you know, traditionally it has been a, a, a women's sport, hasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. You know, it, it, at a social level, certainly, um, you know, you've seen, Mixed netball teams. Yeah. Um, maybe not so much at a professional level though. How do you go against it? Do you go easy on the blokes or do you <laughs> do you go even harder? No, we go hard. Um, so we did something a bit different this year and we signed four of our training partners as, as a men. So it was a bit different for the league and um, we paid them, which was really exciting. And they attended most of our sessions. Um, we, play, we, go, we go well. I definitely would say that they're part of the reason that we won a premiership because right? they're a lot more athletic. So we figure if we can get a ball over them, we can get a ball over anyone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's very, it's sassy and, and enjoyable. There's lots of banter out there, but um, the four, four of our boys are playing in the Aussie men's team now too. So yeah, yeah, it's really good. We actually love having them around. Yeah. There you go. Uh, and what's next on the horizon? I know that you're in a break at the moment from, um, from the fever, but that'll pick up in the, in the coming months, certainly well before Christmas. Um, what's next on your agenda? Yeah, so just in training for Diamonds at the moment. So we have a Con Cup, so two games in New Zealand, then two back here in Oz, and then straight into an England camp. So, so it never stops. Series. Yeah, it doesn't often stop. Um, they gave us four weeks off post-com games, which was really lovely and was like, everyone go and travel and enjoy yourselves. And did um, you do that? Yeah, I went to New York and Canada, so it was beautiful. I definitely right. switched off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, back into training for, for Diamonds, and then, yeah, I'll have another break post that then before heading back into Feverland in December. Mm. And uh, now that you've had a taste of, of massive success in the last few months, um, I imagine it's 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 like a drug you want more, right? Definitely. Back-to-back premierships and a World Cup gold. I've got a World Cup silver, so yeah. World Cup gold next year would be pretty pretty yeah. damn cool. Aim high. Well, it's certainly served you well so far. Courtney, thank you so much. Congratulations on everything you've achieved and thank you very much for being our guest. Thanks for having me on. the program. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Inspiring Stories uh, on 882 6PR. 
in this episode uh, with Courtney Bruce. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. We look forward to you joining us next time as we unearth another inspiring story. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Barra O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi-finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.